0: Hi friends, welcome to The Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walked by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. This is part one of my interview with Gina Thayer. Gina is a friend that I met at a former church and she shares her experience with marriage, divorce, and remarriage to the same person. I just love chatting with her about how God took her heart and transformed it. I know her story of difficulty in marriage is one that many people can identify with, and I pray that it encourages your weary heart. So here's part one of my interview with Gina. Thanks so much for coming today, Gina, to talk. I really appreciate you just taking time out of your schedule. I know you've, even with coronavirus stuff, that you've still got a lot going on with your work. And I just appreciate you finding the time to chat with me. Thanks for the invite, Stephanie. Yeah, my pleasure, for sure. Um, So Gina, I want you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe what you're up to these days.
1: Sure. Well, I am... Getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a 57-year-old mom of two, wife to Mark, uh, who's an attorney and is working out of the house at the moment. Big adjustments here. Yeah. Uh, My my kiddos, I have a son who's 29 and an attorney with the Coast Guard, and I have a daughter who's 27, and um, she lives here in the area. My son lives in Virginia, Mm -hmm. and my daughter is uh, also a prosecutor, so I am like one of these things is not like the other in this family, (laughs) three attorneys and one not. Wow! Um, yeah, I would hate so, to be in a um, conflict in your house because I feel I, like I, I would be the, the yeah, out argued for sure. Here in headlights at the <laughs> dinner table when we're all there. <laughs> um, but I am excited because God is growing some. I'm very entrepreneurial. I have uh, several businesses, and one one is a real estate investing business. And I just recently got my real estate license so that I can work with investors from Congrats. that angle. So I'm. Loving that. Um, and frankly, in this market, it's, it's busy right now. And, um, and then I have an amazing health and wellness online company that I feel like God just dropped in my lap Mm -hmm. that I've dubbed uh, restore health and wellness because of all the restoration he's done in my life and and how it restores health. So it just works well. So it's totally online, except when I have to go show a house occasionally to an investor. And it's the funnest thing ever. I love it all.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That sounds pretty exciting. So, um, Gina, can you tell us how you came to know Jesus?
1: You bet. Uh, and I'll, I'll back it up just a little bit. I, I grew up in a loving family, but it's pretty dysfunctional um, my parents lost a son when he was seven I was nine we were very close in age to leukemia mm-hmm. and so that was really hard on them and both of them grew up in families that went to church but didn't necessarily have that personal relationship with Jesus and so that's sort of the household that I grew up in too until I was about... 12. My parents divorced when I was 11 or 12, and I, uh, my mother remarried a man who was um, a strong believer and got us involved in a church that just tra- really changed the trajectory of my life, for mm-hmm. sure. And um, so, we were in this church. They had a revival one week, and, um, and the pastor... Asked you know, to come forward if you, I was just, I was convicted that I needed Jesus and I was finally understanding what that meant. And I, but I was so shy. I was excruciatingly shy as a child. And this is case in point. I was so shy. I would not dare walk the aisle. Hmm. So we called the pastor. My mother must've called the pastor after the fact. And this visiting pastor came to our house and I prayed to receive Jesus at that time. So that's how, I, uh, that was, and I was 13 years old when that happened. Mm.
0: That's really awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's that's so interesting how, you know, you, your situation that you were in as a kid, you, um, you weren't really raised in the church, but then how that transformed. That's really awesome. How God Mm -hmm. called you to Mm -hmm. himself. And, um, I don't feel like I'm a very shy person, but I, I totally get that not wanting to walk the aisle, but it's it's so neat that you had this, still had the opportunity to pray with somebody else and mm-hmm. to kind of get walked through that.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Yeah. Well, praise
0: God for that. So um, do you mind telling me um, about your relationship with your husband?
1: Oh, my heavens. Well, um, so I, as I mentioned, I was 13 when I came uh, to Christ, and I— in um, going along through the high school years, I was um, I was very sort of a legalistic Christian, <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better way to say it, mm-hmm. and um, and I I dated a uh, a guy for about a year and a half in high school, and even out of high school, I was 18, eighteen, nineteen, um, and he was Catholic, and I knew in my I knew with the church training that I had, that I did not want to be unequally yoked with somebody. And um, and in my mind, being a Catholic and being a Baptist was unequally yoked. <laughs> maybe it is, maybe it's not, you know, it depends on your personal relationship with, with Christ. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I went along with that up to a point, and then we came to this Uh, decision that you know we've got to get square on this before we go any further with this relationship because he was pretty staunch Catholic and I was pretty staunch Baptist which looking back on it it's it's um, possibly some immaturity but it was also things that we needed to get to the bottom of if we were going to move it forward Uh and so long story short we decided to break up and it was pretty hard because it, we'd been together for a year and a half and it was so interesting because the very next day this was like new year's day or the day after new year's and the very next day i had known mark my husband uh, from a distance at the church that we were going to at the time and i always thought of him as this very mature christian he was eight years older than me and the very next day after i broke up with this guy Mark asked me out and in my brain it was like oh my gosh God just came down in front of me and let this guy ask me out Mm. and so in retrospect I was very infatuated with him and it just moved very quickly he literally asked me to marry him after we dated for five weeks Uh, we were married in six months and uh, we got married to stay married, but I realized that uh, maybe we had jumped in quicker than we should have, you know, because you don't know what you, you don't know anything at age 19, and that's how old I was, and he was 27. He was eight years older than me. He'd been in the military. He'd lived a good bit of life. Um, he'd come from a quite a dysfunctional uh, family in a lot of ways, and that his dad was, um, in his words, married to Exxon, and so they just—he—he mm. he did not feel the love from his family like he needed. Uh, they are darling people. I do not want to make it sound like they're monsters. They are absolutely not. But you know, it all comes—it all comes down to what you grew up with and what you know, and how that uh, how that transcends then into your married life and and his family life. He just didn't. He felt. That there was something missing, and therefore, when we got married and we started our, um, you know, life together, he he would be the first to tell you today that he had no idea how to love me. And of course, I was nineteen, so I thought I knew everything and didn't know diddly squat. So that relationship, you know, we we were both Christians. We we were involved in good churches. We were plugged in, I mean, we, we did sun. we taught Sunday school classes, we did all the proper things, if you will. But for me, I was trying to stay in control and didn't even really realize it at the time, trying to stay in control of, of everything in my life and didn't let God take uh, the reins like I should have. And so over time in that 22 year marriage, I believe that i I really let the world around me, the culture we live in, the oh, the ooey gooey Hollywood romantic love that you know, the commercials show us or whatever, or the mm-hmm. movies show mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And really, I just the bottom line is 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 when you engage or when you let, that sort of mindset start to take root it's it's really just pure Satan in my opinion you know he gets a tiny little finger hold and then he gets his whole hand in and then before you know it you're and I remember thinking this I don't think God wants me to be this unhappy for the rest of my life Mm. and the truth is I the way I prayed for Mark you know and and the way i prayed for our marriage was for god to please do something about mark <laughs> you know it wasn't about That's where my the is. <laughs> i it is and yeah. and i think it's very common as i've mm-hmm. uh, as i taught to other women you know it is so common for us to please ask god to do something about this mate that he's given us instead of really all we can control is our relationship with God and what we can work on. And that did not happen. And so, like I said, I I remember thinking, I don't think God wants me to be this miserable for the rest of my life. And even though I knew it was not scripturally sound, I asked for a divorce and we were separated for a year and then we we were divorced and um, and that's how that went down Wow
0: yeah I I think that you made a really good point and you you said that with women we we pray for our mates and not you know don't see the problem in ourselves but I'm pretty sure that problem is common to all people
1: um, uh, I think you're right
0: <laughs> and not just in marriage relationships right it's always the other person. <laughs> I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to realize that and, you know, the older I get, the more relationships that I'm a part of, friendship-wise and other work relationships, I realize more and more just how flawed I am and how mm-hmm. it's not always the other person. So I'm I to- I totally get that. So mm-hmm. um so you guys separated for a year and um, mm-hmm. then you were divorced. So um mm-hmm how did these issues affect your children? How do you feel like they impacted them?
1: Such a great question. And this is the question that I, you know, in in my head, I know for sure that divorce is going to impact your entire family, even if you don't see it in black and white or see it show up even for years sometimes. Mm. And so I I asked Olivia about this today and I, I said, you know, if you, if you don't want to answer this or you can't answer it, so be it, but, I wasn't really exactly sure how to articulate this question. One thing I know for sure is obviously we're not setting a very good example for our children to stay in a marriage when you... Uh, walk away. In terms of tons of fights and stuff like that, we never really, I wouldn't say that we had major stuff like that in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, which was why all of our friends were shocked when we announced our divorce, you know, there just was never a lot of outward issues. And so I don't think our kids had issues at that point while we were married, but then you know this this separation and divorce and having to bounce between both uh, parents and so forth after the fact it has to affect children right. and what Olivia said to me today, which uh, she had never quite expressed it like this well first of all when we decided to get remarried, which is part of the story um, we I'll never forget Olivia at the time she was 23. She said, Oh my goodness, I've been praying for this for years. And that was the first real outward expression that told me she really wanted her parents back together. Mm -hmm. Um, But today what she expressed was what I would encourage is if people have been divorced are going through it right now we we hope that's not happening but the reality is it is out there somewhere Um, in the culture that we live in it's so commonplace today that it would be easy for the parents not to just to assume that the kids will take it in stride Mm. and I thought that was such a relevant point for parents that are have been in this situation to not assume that the kids are okay but to keep those lines of communications open and you know i think it's important for the for kids to see that we're humans it's not what we do it's how we behave after the fact a lot of times and how we come back around and um, in our god journey and and having our kids see all of that Mm -hmm. is really important
0: yeah now, that's great. Um, so before we get to um, what happened later, what was the hardest part of um, of this process?
1: Well, <clears throat> to be honest, the hardest part of the process for me happened during the marriage, and you know, not being in sync enough with my husband that I literally would cry myself to sleep. I felt like half my marriage, I cried myself to sleep because I was so unhappy and I was not doing the right things before the Lord to get into that joyful place. I was allowing that unhappiness to really take root. And so that was probably the hardest part of the whole process, as crazy as that sounds, because once I decided in my um, um, non-obedience or lack of obedience before the Lord that I was getting a divorce. I mean, uh, my personality is such as like, check that off the list. Mm. I hate to say it like that, but I had, once that decision was made, that part wasn't hard anymore. Um, It it was, um, now in retrospect, the very hardest part has been knowing that I, at that point, broke God's heart and broke Mark's heart. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that's been, but that's the full picture as of today.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of times when we are sad or we are depressed or whatever it might be, we try to find the explanation for it. And it mm. sounds like you, you decided to pinpoint your marriage as mm-hmm. um, this is the source of my unhappiness. And yep. um, I think that's really common. We pick something, maybe it's my job. Maybe it's that I don't feel like being a parent or maybe, you know, whatever it might be that we think, mm-hmm. oh, this is, this is the problem. And if I can take care of this one thing, then my life is going to be better. And mm-hmm. I mean, do you want to kind of share with us maybe after you, after you did make that decision to get divorced? what
1: mm-hmm.
0: what what transpired what happened after that
1: well what transpired after that was um <clears throat> i was I had to switch jobs. I At the time, I had been in a direct sales job and working from home, and I had to go take a job where I had insurance and that sort of thing. So that was a biggie. Mm. Um, I developed a ton of independence. We were divorced for 11 years, and um, and I traveled a lot. And, and there were so many blessings in retrospect. Mark's dad was great about helping me with the kids. Um my spiritual life for about five or six years after the divorce was one foot in and one foot out. Mm. And that started to change about midway during that divorce time, um, which I'll share here in a second. But really in terms of what transpired is, you know, I just, um, I just, I really enjoyed the time as an independent person learning a lot of things and growing up, frankly. Yeah. Um, I am not condoning that that's the way to do it by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, but it grew me up. I will tell you that. Um, but what started to happen, it, it, but in my heart of hearts, I knew that, that I wanted to be all in with God. And I didn't even it wasn't even conscious enough that i was praying like that but god knew and again about midway into that 11 years he started bringing things around to bring me around mm-hmm. and what happened is i mean several little things i'll share a couple that are were so i'll never ever forget them mm-hmm. i was taking olivia to college in colorado her first year and I was headed back. I was road tripping it, and I was driving back from Colorado. And I was listening to a Beth Moore Bible study. And um, you know, i was I was at least, you know, trying to do some things like that for my spiritual life, even though I was keeping, control. (laughs) I wasn't all in, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so what happened is, I don't remember what she said or where she was. I don't even remember which Bible study it was. But she talked about something that caused an immediate epiphany in my brain that basically, I had not given God a chance to take control of my marriage I tried to control it Mm. and it was so I get chill bumps even just now talking about it again. It was so powerful and I kid you not within probably five to 10 minutes on the side of the highway on a billboard, no less, there was a scripture. It was one of the Jeremiah scriptures that said nothing is impossible with God. Mm. So those two things happened like within minutes of each other and I Mm -hmm. thought well gosh I've got I need to apologize to Mark I mean I need to really repent for this I I knew in my head that it wasn't scriptural but then to realize that reason why I let things evolve the way they did and that God didn't I didn't I didn't ask him to intervene was just incredible And life changing that that was the beginning of my new beginning. And really, I I had to go back to square one with Jesus. I I really felt like I needed to take off what I had learned you were supposed to look like as a Christian versus really getting personal with Jesus. And what does that look like for me? Mm. And uh, it has been an incredibly joyful, excruciating, crazy (laughs) journey since then. That's just how it is. It's a roller coaster ride, but it's the most joyful roller coaster ride ever. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing that happened after that, and I won't go into all the details, but just to kind of give you an idea of how God started piecing this together in my life. A girlfriend shared a book with me. Uh, And this was a girlfriend that literally I've known now for 25 years. And she was probably the very closest confidant that I had at this time, Christian. And she was rebuilding um, a divorced life as well. And she shared the book, The Sacred Search with me. And uh, for anybody out there that's either never been married or Um, is single now that is looking for a good perspective on what God wants from us. This is so good. It's written by Dr. Gary Thomas, who's on staff at Second Baptist here in Houston. He's a psychologist. And um, it it is all about, uh, basically, like I said, it's called The Sacred Search. And the subline is, what if it's not about who you marry, but why? Why? Mm. And what if what if it's about a soulmate s o l e versus a soulmate s o u l somebody to walk the christian and spiritual journey with you what if what if god designed marriage to make us holy not happy or not just happy mm. and oh my gosh i read that it was just the perfect timing and god had already started working on me again or i was allowing that to happen and i could not put that book down mm. and i am a voracious reader i am a freak show basically and i loved that book so much my she gave it to me for my birthday which was early february and i loved it so much i immediately went and bought two copies because each one of my children needed to have that mm for the right perspective. And he has other books in that series, the sacred marriage. And that seems like another one anyway. So that was like the next step. And he just, he just was continually showing me through books, through his word, through friends, uh, what those next steps were. And, uh, eventually over the years, uh, 11 years to be exact, uh, Mark and I did reunite. Although, if you would have asked me six months earlier, I was never remarrying him. And God just, God just basically towards the end said, "You take the action, you take the right action, and I will do the rest. Don't you worry about all the baggage that you feel like is might still be there. You take the obedient action <clears throat> to get back into this marriage, and I will do the rest." and he has, and it's been, um, it's not Hollywood marriage. It's, it's all about God. Right. Uh, marriage is really about the best fodder for growth. (laughs) (laughs) Marriage is number one. Parenthood is number two. Building a business is number three, in my humble opinion, for your spiritual growth, um, than anything else out there. Mm. And, um, He, he will, he will work it. (laughs) And it's, uh, it's exciting and it's scary all at the same time. So just to kind of
0: rewind a little bit, I've been thinking, you know, a lot of this, um, we're we're seeing it through your eyes, obviously, Mm -hmm. this experience, but when you went to Mark and you told him you wanted a divorce, how did that go down? I mean, how did he handle that? How, was that a shock? Like,
1: um he is a pretty low-key guy in in terms of he did not blow up or anything like that i i don't believe that he was completely blindsided because we were both pretty miserable in our marriage Mm. and yet i don't think he thought i would take it that far yeah, and it wasn't out of meanness. It wasn't out of uh, well. I'll show him. It wasn't any of that kind of stuff. It was just thought, it was just very methodical, really, on my part. And so he um, he started praying. Mark is a real prayer warrior, and um, that's awesome. He prayed, and I'll never forget the day we actually went to court. We had to go before a judge. It was very clear he had been up crying and praying all night long. And I it hurt so bad. And yet in my human, my humanness at that moment, I didn't I didn't know what to do differently. I did not have the spiritual capacity to do anything differently. Yeah. Um, now I would because I've learned so much, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a little bit. But it was uh, it was hard. It was hard on him, really hard on him. It was hard on me, too, but I had already been through the harder part of it for me throughout the marriage, I think.
0: Yeah, um, and you made your mind up, and, mm-hmm. um, and he was having to kind of get in line with that. So, yeah, okay. th- that's, that's really tough. Um, mm, it was tough. Yeah, on both ends. Um, so you you talked about how you guys got got back together. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, there was a period of six months, I guess, or less where, you know, you weren't ready and then you were all the way back to remarried. So
1: walk <laughs> us through that. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Oh my heavens. Well, um, <clears throat> so there, there actually, when, when I called Mark after that experience on the highway and told him that I wanted um to sincerely apologize and repent for my actions he immediately thought that I wanted to get back together which was my concern <laughs> because I I was not ready I was not mm. god hadn't I I was not in a place to accept that yet nicely anyway mm. and um so we went through a period of um of a little bit of false start, like, um, over the next probably two or three years from that. And then, you know, we would talk a little bit and then it would go, then we would not, I would say, I, I, I can't, I can't go there. And he would respect that and back off. Mm -hmm. And, um, so towards the end, probably a, probably a year before we got back together, I actually was seeing uh, a really strong Christian guy. And when he realized that Mark wanted to still wanted to get back together, he started praying that we would get back together, wow. which, appal- which appalled me, I might add. And some of this you may have to edit out because I was like, um, please don't do that. I'm not getting back together with him. Uh, And here's another important piece of it. I'm going to just interject this for a second. I had been to see a Christian counselor a couple of times because at that point in my trajectory, I really wanted to be obedient. Whatever that looked like, I just prayed that that I was not going to have to remarry Mark. And whatever so, that looks I, like, yeah. Whatever that looks like. So <laughs> I know I, I prayed that, but but my but my top priority as God was working on me was to be all in for Him, whatever that looked like. Mm. So in my search to make sure I was doing the right things, I I went to see a Christian counselor, and he said, "Um, you are not bound." Mark had married in between, by the way, and divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, And the counselor said to me, you are not bound by scripture, in his opinion. And and he, he also said, by the way, just as a frame of reference, he said, if you ask 10 different counselors, you might get 10 different answers on this, by the way. But he pointed out some scriptures to me and he said, because he has married in between, you are not bound scripturally to remarry him. And so I was like, great answer. So (laughs) it's a crazy story, but I will be honest with you and my heart of heart and God kept niggling me. The Holy Spirit kept niggling me. That is not what God wanted. It might've been scriptural and just fine for the counselor to tell me that, but it wasn't what God was telling me. Mm. There was another answer. And, and my answer from God, straight from God, was I was going to remarry Mark, and, and it was going to be a God story, and um, so when this guy told me he was going to be praying for Mark and me to get back together, I was like, um, please don't do that. <laughs> Um, I've just been to a counselor and he's told me, I don't have to read, you know, you go through all that stuff, but in your heart of hearts, God's saying something different. So that's how that came down. So I can't remember exactly how Mark reached out to me during that period, but Mark had been praying for us to every single day for us to get back together for about three years since our son's college graduation. I don't remember what prompted him to start doing it at that time, but he had been at that point, unbeknownst to me, praying solidly for three years for us to get back together every single day. So then when this guy started praying too, I, you know, this is, um, this is how it came about. So we started talking, we, and and it really, you know, once you're all in and you realize what God wants to do, it doesn't usually take a long time to, to figure out what the next moves are. And, and that's really how it played out. you know, um, once we knew what God wanted us to do, it was a matter of, well, why would we wait? We just decided to do it on New Year's because family would be in town. And it was a, it was a very joyful experience at that point. Yeah.
0: I mean, that sounds fast, but when you think about it, I guess, I mean you've been through a relationship together Low, but before fast, right <laughs> it's it's not uh, it's not like you're starting from scratch really getting to know this person but uh, right. but in a in a way you are cuz you both
1: in a way changed, it was yeah. really because we were both so changed mm.
0: So where did you find your support and encouragement during this time
1: Well that's a really great question and I will tell you that when I was married, I really did not have a strong, small group of girlfriends who would speak truth to me. And what I believe about that is, you know, you have to build trust with a group. You have to walk through life with a handful. I don't recommend very many people to know all your intimate details, but, you know, a small a small group of women that you can be very truthful and honest and they will speak truth to you. And I, and I discovered a couple of girlfriends during this time and I, and I can't encourage that enough because if you don't have somebody in your life like that, that will be willing to love you, but speak, um, Against you, <laughs> if they need to, to your yeah. face, um, speak truth to you is a better way to say it. then you are missing out. We can't we have to we have to have that. We number one, have to have God, and number two, I feel like we need a couple of godly girlfriends that are going to do that. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm <sidetracked. laughs> no, just the where you found support and encouragement, and I feel like you oh okay,
1: yeah. yeah. You found your well for sure. That for (laughs) sure, the word. I mean, I really just started getting into the word, and um, and also, like I said, I'm a voracious reader. So, alongside my Bible study and quiet time daily, I was also digging into really good books that were speaking to me where I was as well.
0: Yeah, were your or your friends? Um, your girlfriends, were they totally on board when things started to move toward reconciliation?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. That's awesome. That's so Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Shock, shock, uh, lots of laughs, and um, and totally on board. <laughs> God's faithfulness never ceases to amaze me. I am
0: so thankful for his goodness in restoring Gina and Mark's marriage. Make sure you look out for part two of my interview with Gina Thayer, which will be released soon. You can find me at faithfulpodcast.podbean.com or on Instagram at faithfulpodcast or on Apple Podcasts at The Faithful Podcast. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a few moments and leave me a review on iTunes. Reviews are super important to helping other people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing
1: to them. Thanks so much for listening and remember to stay faithful, friends.